最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。As reported last week, Taiwan's order of 66 F-16Vs from the U.S. has hit delays, but the U.S. is still showing its commitment to bolster Taiwan's military defense. In a report from Reuters over the weekend. A source was quoted that Washington plans to authorize 500 million U.S. dollars in weapons for Taiwan through the Presidential Drawdown Authority, which expedites arms delivery in an emergency. The move happens to coincide with an increase in Chinese military drills near Taiwan, aimed at intimidating Taiwan's leadership. Chinese state media on Saturday reported that a carrier strike group led by China's Shandong aircraft carrier arrived home after its first exercise in the Pacific Ocean. The report said this was Shandong's first excursion past the first island chain and showed Shenyang J-15 fighter jets landing on and taking off from the Shandong. Amid China's ongoing use of military intimidation toward Taiwan, the situation in the Taiwan Strait has grown tense. Reuters reported over the weekend that U.S. President Joe Biden followed the precedent established with Ukraine, invoking the Presidential Drawdown Authority to approve 500 U.S. million dollars, or 15.3 billion New Taiwan dollars, in weapons aid for Taiwan. It's the first time the PDA has been used to aid Taiwan. The Presidential Drawdown Authority is one of the provisions in the U.S.'s 2023 National Defense Authorization Act and an implementation of the Taiwan Enhanced Resilience Act. Mainly, the PDA is aimed at providing access to the U.S. military's inventory to make up for the defense gap caused by the delayed delivery of arms. The ministry is optimistic about the implications of this and appreciates the assistance of allied countries. Although the Pentagon did not directly confirm the content of the Reuters report, it emphasized that U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin had expressed his intention to use this authorization when he testified in Congress in February last year. Congress authorized the Pentagon to use the Presidential Drawdown Authority to supply Taiwan with one billion U.S. dollars worth of arms. The Biden administration's attitude is consistent with the long-term U.S. policy outlined in the Taiwan Relations Act. We must be capable of fighting in order to avoid fighting. That's why we're strengthening our military capabilities. Maintaining our defensive capabilities is equally important. So we are working with like-minded countries to ensure that our defensive efforts are done well. Washington's use of the Presidential Drawdown Authority comes on the heels of delays in arms deliveries to Taiwan. Now there is hope in Taiwan that weapons aid will arrive sooner, thereby strengthening the country's capabilities and resolve to defend itself in the face of attack. A delegation of seven Japanese lawmakers from the Liberal Democratic Party visited Baoan Temple in Gaoshong over the weekend. The purpose of their visit was to pay respects to the late Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, whose likeness is embodied in a bronze statue at the temple. 
One member of the delegation was Sato Kei, for whom Abe was campaigning at the time of his assassination in 2020. Sato was visibly shaken during the visit. He thanked the people of Kaohsiung for the erecting of the statue. I want to thank the people of Kaohsiung from the bottom of my heart for creating this bronze statue. Since I will meet Miss Abe Akie tomorrow, I will also convey everyone's thoughts to her. In addition to Abe's statue, 145 Japanese soldiers are enshrined at this temple. The Japanese politicians also paid their respects to the soldiers and learned about the temple's history. Temple authorities said it was Abe's wish to return the soldiers' memorial plaques to Japan. This was not the first time Japanese politicians visited the temple. Last year, an 11-person delegation from the LDP also made a trip to the southern port city to pay their respects. All the visitors have expressed that they would like to see Abe's wish come true one day. The German trade office hosted a one-of-a-kind soccer tournament in April, bringing together 16 German companies for competition. The GTO German Company Charity Soccer Tournament raised a total of 430,000 NT for children with disabilities. Our reporter Stephanie Yang was there. The gym echoes with loud cheers as a team scores. Taipei Gymnasium has been transformed into an indoor soccer field. Athletes from different German companies vied for the gold medal. Many teams trained for weeks to get in shape for this charity tournament. I got informed about the tournament about a few weeks ago and uh, asked the team who would like to join. We had about 10 volunteers. Some of them have never played football before. So whilst the ones coming from Europe grow up with football, um, a few of us had never played. So we set up actually three training sessions. Very great to be part of this uh, program because together with the other com- German company that we can, using this kind of the competition, actually we are sponsoring uh, sponsor the fund to those disabled children, disabled children with the family. Every time a player scores, they will donate 1,500 NT to the Disabled Children's Rights and Advocacy Association. The event was organized by German Trade Office with support from the Department of Sports, Taipei City Government, and A-Star Academy. 16 German companies in Taiwan competed in the tournament to raise funds for the Disabled Children's Rights and Advocacy Association in Taiwan. The Trade Office implemented this first German charity soccer tournament to bring more uh, sports activities to our German companies, uh, to uh, create a networking event and to combine this networking event with something doing for the Taiwanese society because the main pillar of this event is to support the uh, charity organization for disabled kids and to collect money for them that they can carry out their work for the Disabled Children's Rights and Advocacy Association is a nonprofit organization that aims to promote the rights of children and protect them from discrimination. The association says the funds will be used to hold an event on May 27th. The money will be used to organize a second-hand market at an inclusive playground in May. 
We're welcoming children to be a boss for a day and swap the second-hand items and picture books. We are very happy that the German trade office invited us to watch the soccer tournament because children with disabilities are rarely seen watching games on a course or a gymnasium, especially because many of our children are in wheelchairs. Barrier-free access is very important. We have been making proposals and filing complaints for disabled children. Initially, we promoted inclusivity in playgrounds, parks, and campuses. After a grueling day of matches, Tianmu United won first place. Bosch Taiwan came second, followed by Siemens. More than 430,000 NT was raised during the event. Yeah, I think the winning team, Tianmu United, um, they, they made roughly 50 goals. And overall, uh, roughly 300 goals have, have been uh, performed. So we collected more uh, more than 400,000 NTD for the charity organization, and we are very certain, we are quite we are very certain that 100% of this money goes to the charity organization to the kids in need. So um, it's a very good feeling. Through the soccer tournament, the German trade office hopes to contribute to Taiwanese society while also showcasing German corporate social responsibility efforts in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guokai in Taipei. We now head to the mountains of Hualien to meet a doctor who is making health care more accessible for residents of rural communities. The monthly clinic at Xiuling Township Household Registration Office is a lifeline for people who live in Hualien's mountains. Before the clinic started, a trip to see a doctor from a village like Tianxiang would take three hours. But now local people can access services much closer to home. Benches are laid out with medical supplies in front of this house. A computer is sat down and the doctor arrives. Then the patients can enter the clinic. For residents of Tianxiang and Sibao villages in Hualien's Xiuling Township, getting medical care can be a hassle. A round trip to the nearest clinic in the city is 40 to 50 kilometers along mountainous roads, three hours at least. It's a big operation to go see a doctor, and it causes a lot of hassle. Older people almost inevitably need help from their family or from their neighbors to go and get medical care. In principle, the residents of villages here are mostly older people, so it's difficult for them to get down off the mountain. At first, we worked with the National Health Insurance Administration, and we proposed a scheme whereby every month doctors would come to our household registration office to serve local people. The household registration office wanted to help local people access services more easily. So 11 years ago, they began this clinic, which opens on the first Saturday of each month. The clinic also promotes public health knowledge and offers TB tests, vaccinations, and adult health checks. If we can serve the citizens here, and I think we probably can help them, if they can get a better quality of life, then that makes us very happy to see. The doctor, Liu Yulun, is himself a native of Xiuling Township. He says it gives him great joy to support other local people, and he hopes the project can expand to include more people soon. State-run refiner CPC announced that fuel prices will drop by 1 NT per liter starting Monday, marking the largest price drop in 15 months. After the adjustment, 95 octane will be 30.1 NT per liter and 98 will be 32.1 NT per liter. Let's hear from the company's spokesman. 
The price of crude oil has fluctuated a lot recently, and banks could see more borrowers default on their loans. The manufacturing industry has not recovered as well as expected. All of these factors combined means that demand for fuel is not as high as previously expected. In April, OPEC said it would reduce its daily oil production by 1.15 million barrels. After that, Dubai raised the per barrel price to 87 U.S. dollars, and Brent raised its price to 88 U.S. dollars a barrel. However, the U.S. Federal Reserve raised its key interest rate by 25 basic points, which caused the bank prices and worries among investors who fear a recession and caused oil prices to fall. Since mid-April, the price drop has reached 17%. Now, we've all experienced delays at the airport, but what happened to passengers on one Starlux flight took the cake? Starlux Airlines Flight 800 from Taipei bound for Tokyo on Saturday was unable to land at Narita International Airport due to strong crosswinds. After two attempts at landing at Narita, the pilot decided to land at Nagoya International Airport. As it was unable to land at Narita, those scheduled to fly on the aircraft from Tokyo back to Taipei on Flight 801 were instead took told to take Flight 803. However, a status light in the cockpit indicated a problem with the aircraft for Flight 803, and a delay would have put the flight crew into overtime. In response, the company dispatched a plane with two fresh pilots to Tokyo. But upon their arrival, the airport had already closed for the day, and the plane could not take off with the waiting passengers. The passengers were forced to spend the night in the departures hall. Starlux Airlines refunded the passengers' tickets, and company chairman Zhang Wei flew to Tokyo the following morning to personally apologize to the passengers. Today we meet a Swiss restaurateur in Taipei. Damien Kaiser comes from a family of master cheesemakers. His heritage inspired him to establish his own restaurant, selling a wide range of Swiss cheese, fondue and homemade meats and burgers. Our very own Stephanie Yang got some tips from the master himself on how to make the perfect fondue. Haven't started yet, just put the ingredients. To prepare a cheese fondue, first grate the cheese. The chef uses three types of cheese for this fondue. So basically, another trick for fondue is not to cook it too fast, have the right consistency. And make it stable. He adds cornstarch, water, and garlic to the grated cheese. Then he gives it all a mix and heats it for a few minutes. More cheese is added to the pot while he continues to stir the contents. We're currently at a Swiss restaurant in Taipei and we're going to learn how to make Swiss fondue with Damien. All right. So basically, what you need to make a good fondue is the proper cheese and you need to know your cheese. Then you need to add love to it, proper amount of liquid and binding element. Heat it gently until you get a smooth and creamy texture without overheating. And here we go. Slowly dip the bread into the fondue and slowly stir it a few times until heated. Then it's ready to be enjoyed. Other than bread, you can also opt for potatoes, mushrooms or Swiss sausage to dip into the fondue. 
These are all made in-house at the restaurant. Patrons can try out 12 types of artisanal cheese at this restaurant in Taipei, all imported straight from cheesemakers in Switzerland. We want to share this with uh, Taiwanese, we just show them what the artisan cheese uh, that's been aged and properly taken care of uh, can taste so that they can really discover those tastes because I believe it's not something too, uh, too common in, in the diet. And all those cheese that we have here, they're all sourced from cheesemaker that I know. So it's really important for me to know who is making the cheese. But all those cheese, when we import, is, is uh, always by air. And then when you arrive in Taiwan, we also take special care of those cheese. Uh, meaning we have a special storage uh, area where we can control humidity, temperature, uh, air circulation as to recreate the climate from an aging cave. Basically this cheese is called Tetamuan, which uh, basically translates to monk head. One cheese that Kaiser has in the restaurant is a Tetamuan, also known as monk's head in English. It was invented more than eight centuries ago by monks in Switzerland. Tetamuan basically translated to uh, monk head. And it's basically because this cheese was made in a, in a monastery by monks uh, quite a few centuries ago. And actually back in the days, a wheel of that cheese like that was used as a currency or mean of payment yeah. until, until today where it's just a delicacy. Aside from cheese fondue, there are also Swiss delicacies like raclette, corned beef sandwiches, croque-monsieur, and signature burgers. The components of these dishes are all handmade in-house in Taiwan, except for the cheese, which is imported from Switzerland. So here are three of our uh, main course. The first one, that's our uh, signature burger. So when I say signature burger, is first the bread is uh, one of our homemade bread, and it's called Silserli. It's kind of like a German pretzel, but it's a Swiss version, so it's softer, like a, like a brioche. And then under it, you have our uh, homemade bacon. So it's a four weeks maturation bacon, crispy bacon. Then our uh, Gruyere cheese and the meat inside is, is also uh, one of our sausage. So most of the thing is everything that we make ourselves or ingredient that you would not find uh, somewhere else. Kaiser is the founder of this restaurant. He met his Taiwanese wife in Scotland during university and the two moved back to Taiwan a few years ago. Before opening up the restaurant, Kaiser worked in finance for several years in Taiwan. But due to his love for cheese and being from a family of master cheesemakers, he decided to open up a restaurant in Taiwan serving Swiss delicacies and cheeses. His grandfather had been the head of a training center for dairy technology. The, the reason why we have this cheese and why we do this is uh, first because I'm Swiss and the connection that I have with cheese is uh, kind of grew up with cheese because my grandfather that you can see in the middle picture here, he was a master cheesemaker, but he was also the head of the, of the training center from the Cantonal Training Center in my hometown for milk technology. He trained generation and generation of cheesemaker. So this cow is a breed called uh, Holstein, and these are the cow that we use to make uh, the Gruyere cheese back in Switzerland. The store has a huge mural painted by a Taiwanese artists depicting the scenery, cheese history, and cheesemakers in Switzerland. There are also pots and machines shipped to Taiwan from Kaiser's home country. He hopes to give people a taste of Switzerland in Taiwan and let more people learn more about its history and beauty. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei.
It's officially plum rain season, and sure enough, the first weather front of this year's monsoon season arrived early Sunday morning. The precipitation occurred mostly in the northern half of the island in the first half of the day. It then moved south later on Sunday. The weather front won't be lingering for long, though. It is expected to pull away from the island on Tuesday. The Water Resources Agency seized the opportunity over the weekend to carry out artificial rainmaking, hoping to increase the water intake at three reservoirs. Early Sunday morning, a weather front approached Taiwan proper. A strong convective cloud system brought scattered heavy rains in the central region, ushering in the first wave of weather front in the plum rain season. In the first half of Sunday, the rain concentrated in the northern half of the island, in the outlying islands of Penghu, Jinmen and the Mazu Islands. In the second half of the day, the front moved south, bringing rain to the southern mountainous regions. The weather will still be unstable during the day on Monday. On Tuesday, the front will pull away from Taiwan. In areas north of central Taiwan, a convective cloud system has moved in from the strait, so we're not ruling out the occurrence of some localized heavy rains. They will start to taper off Monday night, but the precipitation will only occur during daytime today and tomorrow. So in terms of boosting water supply, the rain's effect will still be quite limited. It's the first wave of plum rains will bring about 4.49 million tons of rainfall, of which 1.1 million tons will benefit Deji Reservoir, the biggest beneficiary. Li Yutan Reservoir and Sun Moon Lake Reservoir will each receive 1 million tons. On Saturday morning, the Water Resources Agency seized the opportunity to carry out artificial rainmaking by burning chemicals in canisters at Sherman Reservoir in Taoyuan and second Baoshan Reservoir in Xinju. Similar attempts were made at Zhengwen Reservoir and Jiaxian Weir by launching flares. Meanwhile, at Sun Moon Lake, the precipitation has seen the capacity of the proverbial reservoir rising back up to 53.8%. Last night it started to rain and the water consumption downstream has been reduced. In a couple of days, the water level will come back up. Despite the rain, tourists were happy because the rain was long awaited. A local business operator said that a rainy Sun Moon Lake is now more beautiful than before. This is good for the farmers' crops and land. Thank God for the rain. I think that once the water level rises, Sun Moon Lake will be beautiful in a different way. And of course, it'll boost tourism. The sustained high temperatures of recent weeks had led the water level at the famed lake to drop by 7.4 meters. The timely rain is helping for now but it remains to be seen what the next two days will bring.